Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Starting high, I'm Cordell Dumling, Mr. Berger's private physician. How do you do? If you'd be so kind as to puck down at the end. One's eyes adjust to the darkness. Agent Starling is here. Good morning, Mr. Verger. The sound of the Mustang I heard out there? Yes, it was. Fires leader? Yes. Fast. Cordell, I think you can leave us now. I, uh, thought I might stay. Perhaps I could be useful. You could be useful seeing about my lunch. I'd like to attach this microphone to your clothing, your pillow, if you're comfortable with that. Oh, by all means. Just here, that should make it easier. Indiana Jones, Avengers, Endgame, it follows. Your correct it, Ralph, Mama Mia, here we go again. Titanic 2, Jack's back, 7 cents, Ghost Attack, Alien vs. Predator, except this on their brand. On a related note, I must confess to you, I'm giving very serious thought to eating your wife. And I'm Sebastian, definitely not a, not a cannibal. Bows in or bows out? I'm Andy Shostler. Seb stole mine. I'm Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. I planned this days in advance and I saw you furiously typing as the intro played. <laughs> Without the letter A, of course, because my keyboard is broken. Um, hey, Cordell, why don't you push him in? You can always blame me. <laughs> Well, according to my, um, my my manuscript in front of us, welcome to Hunbull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this film is from 2001, I believe. Is that right? Which Sounds is a full right. 10 years after Silence of the Lambs. And yeah, I was discussing this with my wife. It's only 10 years after Silence of the Lambs, but it feels like it comes like 20 or 30 years later. Because mm. Silence of the Lambs does not feel like a film made in the 90s. Mm -hmm. no, it and, doesn't. I, and I can't really explain why that is. It just doesn't feel as young as it is. It feels like it's got so much of a legacy that it must have been around for yeah. you know 40 50 years instead of the 30 years that it has been around. Mm. Yeah. Very true. Well, I mean, we never watched Manhunter, which was the first film in this series, but it doesn't have Anthony Hopkins. Well, and, then what's the point? And we're also not watching Hannibal Rising, 
which is the fifth film in the series, which also does not have Anthony Hopkins. Well, then also, what's the point? <laughs> we just watched the ones with Anthony Hopkins. It was an it's Anthony Hopkins brilliant. retrospective, I guess. Oh, but yeah, this film, holy shit. So it's directed by Ridley Scott, which for me was when I when the opening credits started, I thought, oh, maybe this one won't be as bad as I remember. Should have been good. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons this should have you been know? good. It's got a really good cast to it as well. Blade Runner, Alien. Yeah. Um, Alien Gar- or Aliens? Which one did? No, James Cameron did Alien. Yeah, Aliens, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Still good. Gladiator. Gladiator, which was yeah, yeah, fine. fine. Got uh, Ray Liotta's in this, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore. Like good. some good cast. In, in this and Red Dragon next week, very good cast. Mm. This film, I just think, didn't really use them. Oh, no. You know Gary no. Oldman, famous character actor? Let's just like paper mache his face <laughs> shut so we can't <laughs> see or see her or hear him. That's right. We'll approve him to have this stupid voice that, you know, Makes him sound like a like a comic character, not yeah. like a not like a real person. So, some decisions were made with this film. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read the book, so I mean, I can't say with that, with any certainty that maybe the character wasn't like that in the book, and they were just trying to be faithful to the story. And I do, I like the idea of like what his character represents. It's just terrible on screen. <laughs> After the Silence of the Lambs, the films diverge quite a bit from the books. Like they they keep a lot of scenes and keep a lot of the big story, but the ending. Is completely different. The ending f- right, from yeah. the book was was changed for the film. I, I did reading see that, this, yeah. and it's probably I don't even know if it's a good thing. In the book, um, Hannibal and uh, Clarice they're together. Yeah, at the end of the film, at the, at the end of the book. Sorry, is it an age thing as to why they didn't do it in this one, as opposed to uh, oh no, our hero is. I, saw, I think d- it has to be an age thing, right? I had seen the nostalgia critic review. Years and years ago of, of Hannibal. And I remembered from that what he was, the, the point that he was making is, okay, Clarice has all these, all these, um, uh, not horrible things, but she, everything that happens to her is about uh, eliminating a part of her, her reason for being, right? So uh, she has the, the story came out that she was, that she shot this lady who was, who was holding the baby. So her career is over yep. in that sense. And then, um, she's uh, sorry that her <clears throat> her role in that in that um, task force is over, and her role in the mm-hmm. FBI is diminished. And then there's this fake withholding of evidence, things that um, Ray Liotta's uh, character organizes or agrees to, yeah. whatever. And so then her career is over because she's sort of suspended from the FBI. So by the time she gets she gets to Hannibal at the end uh, in the house, and she's trapped. She really doesn't have anything to return to. So yeah, that's true. The only thing she has in in her life from her past is Hannibal, unfortunately. So, right. so it, it kind of makes sense that it's yeah. building up to that. It it's a stupid thing. <laughs> it's a stupid way to go. I think it doesn't really make sense, but at least it's internally consistent. Well, they could have done it. Like, to be fair, I'm only because they don't really carry on with her character after this. So if that had been so the end, so why bother? So so why bother writing her off? Oh, I mean, like if she had joined him, and that, that, that that's kind of the because this movie is the end of the story as per the movies. It's the yeah. middle movie. Well, it's the third of five movies. Yeah, it's a middle movie, <laughs> but it is the end note. Um, because the timeline, yeah, yeah. Because obviously this, the next one's before, and then the one after that is even further back. Yeah, so Red Dragons before, basically leans like leads straight into Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, pretty much. And Hannibal Rising, I think, is like when he was younger. It's like origin story. Yeah, World War Two or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Some war. Yeah. So they could have ended it that way because we never would see Clarice again anyway. So mm. they could have done whatever the fuck they want, wanted, really. It's just, I feel like they should have had a better plan 
purely because they made this film and then a year later released Red Dragon. Like, I didn't see it, but they must have been filming. They could have been filming partially alongside because the directors were different. That's weird. Mm. It must have been a really quick turnover, though, because yeah. this was 2001 and then Red Dragon was the next year. Yeah. They must have gone into production like pretty quickly. I would argue that it was strategic. Mm. They spent a lot of money on this movie and didn't really oh, yeah. make that much more. So Silence of the Lambs had a budget of nineteen million and took in like two hundred and forty, mm. two hundred and fifty million. Uh, this one had a budget of eighty-seven million, Jesus, and only took in three hundred fifty. So it made the same profit yeah. as uh, Silence of the Lambs, plus expenditure, the extra in, in in budget. How much more were they paying Hopkins? For I'm just trying to think of where, where is the money on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got twenty mil for this role. Okay, that's less than I thought. So it's the, almost the almost a quarter of the budget. Yeah, goes towards him. Money well spent. I, mean, I because still can't, I still oh. can't see another sixty million dollars in this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got the you've got the location in Florence. Yeah, for some reason yeah. that'd in, be expensive. Yeah, yeah, but the the cool stunts happen in the next movie with like lighting the guy on fire in the wheelchair. Like I can see why that movie would cost more because they did stuff on screen. I know, and it it, it was an expensive film. This one, and they really didn't make it back. I think in order to capture the hype of you know the Hannibal Lecter character, yeah. they chose to rush out Red Dragon in order to in order to keep it going. Yeah, that makes sense. That one did make money too, but less. Well, they did hire kind of like a, a how do I how do I phrase this politely to Brett Ratner? They didn't hire an artist to put that film together. <laughs> they, they just hired a director. <laughs> at the at the time, Brett Ratner had done music videos and had done the Rush Hour films. Yeah, I'm looking at his thing now. I'm a little bit ahead for next week, but like, yeah, Rush Hour. He did the the third terrible X-Men film, Last ah. Stand. And yeah. Whereas Ridley Scott definitely had a pedigree at this mm, time. He wasn't sure. he wasn't an unknown actor. But yeah. uh, well, anyway, I guess we, we'll, we'll try our best to keep it to this film. It's, it's hard not to double up when we do these <laughs> double features though. Yeah. <laughs> should have been, should have been done in one episode. No, because I, I like one of these a lot more than I like the other one. And I yes, wanna, I don't and, wanna... and so it makes it more poignant when you compare <laughs> the two together. Oh, all right. Well, anything it, noteworthy then, I guess, from Hannibal? As far as trivia is concerned, um, it has it has a surprisingly high 6.8 rating on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, that's really not too bad. Which really follows the audience score from Rotten Tomatoes, which is 62%. Critical score is 39. I'm more inclined to sign up with the critics on this one. There's not a lot in this film. There really isn't. Even even Hannibal Lecter. It's it's like when Ridley Scott was making this film, or you know, the, the production team involved as well. It's like they, they had a meeting and they asked, okay, what made Silence of the Lambs good? This is a sequel to that. What made that one good? And the decision that came out of that was. Anthony Hopkins yeah. being creepy. Because the only thing this movie has, the only thing it really relies on, is looking fantastic and having Anthony Hopkins just be weird. Yep, no, mm. I agree. And there's no story in it. Yeah, I guess that's the well, same I thing. Th- is like because he's featured way more heavily in this movie, that kind of aura of mystery around Lecter's kind of gone as well. Yes. Which I guess would probably be like they were trying to avoid doing like a rehash of Silence of the Lambs, which they wound up doing in Red Dragon, but... I guess they and it worked better. Yeah, it does. Definitely. It does work better, definitely. Yeah. It's almost like overexposure in a way, because like he, like it's a great character and he's fantastic yeah. in the movie, but you almost get too much of him in this one, I yeah. think, because like the real appeal to silence is how much there's sort of that mystery and sort of surrounding him and how he's used sparingly. Yes. Whereas in this one, it's like okay, he's 
like the main character essentially. And when you see Hannibal Lecter go through the minutia of carrying out his plans, mm. it really does. Yeah, you're right. It takes away from the mystery. Yeah, and it stops him being a good character because then every decision you make has to has to make sense. Like there's a scene mm. later where he. Um, where he not breaks into a hospital but disguises himself as a doctor in order to steal medical equipment. Mm. Is Hannibal Lecter the sort of guy who would steal medical equipment? <laughs> no, he would he would purchase some antique surgeon's things because it was the way he did things was exquisite. He didn't just do things in order to get them done. He yeah. had a plan to to make them exquisite. I was gonna say, so least- just just having him steal the equipment just to get it and filming that scene just really robs the character of that mystique yeah. mystique, yeah. And, and the essence of what Lecter is. I can see the impulse of he was such a big deal in Sal's Lambs. Let's utilise it. You know, let's put him on screen. That's what people want to see. But it is really interesting to see how much better it's he not works. not people want a good story. Well, that, that, that as well. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting to see how much better that style of character works when he kind of works parallel to the story rather than mm. invested in the middle of it. Because like for me, yeah, Red Dragon is a good example of a worse film than Silence of the Lambs, but it's in that same role and you can kind of play into, I wonder what he is up to. Or in this film, you can kind of track him for the most part to know what he's up to. Obviously- it's boring. Yeah. Like, okay, no, I didn't, I didn't, you know, <laughs> look into my crystal <laughs> ball and see him eating Ray Liotta's brain or anything. Like that imagine, part got me. Imagine, imagine a scene where Hannibal Lecter is sat at, you know, a little, a little bureau or whatever, whatever he would have, looking out on the courtyard and just making a list of all the items that he would need to, to carry off the plan. Oh, yes, I'll need one of these uh, a little three-wheeled uh, no. um, uh, painting things. And, oh, yes, I'll, I, I must remember to call <laughs> the uh, uh, to call the moving company in order to, to get that here. I'll, I'll, I'll kill the guy once he's here. That's fine. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. can do that. And just going through, oh, yes, must must dispose of the body. And just checking off a list. And that being the movie, that would be boring. Yeah. Also, and that's what this is. You're taking away from the fact that he's like this crazy genius character, but he's not psychic. And I hate when you, they show people like playing these games of chess through films. Be like, okay, it is actually impossible that you thought thirty-seven moves ahead. Like, and every step fact- has to be <laughs> ex- ex- yeah. executed exactly the right way. Whereas yeah. in Silence of the Lambs, he's just kind of there. He, he's got his plan to escape. It's a very simple plan. You know, I'm going to get that one thing. So I get these handcuffs off, and then I'm going to you know sneak around yeah. the like very simple. But everything up until then is just um, how can I fuck with the police a little bit yeah. and have some fun? And it's but so they, but uh, uh, Jonathan Dem didn't make the mistake of showing how Hannibal Lecter got the pin. He mm. just shows him that he's got it. Yep, and he and, and he's going to use it. That's it. That's all you need to do. Yep, he's got it, and he's going to be sneaky. That's all you need to show. As opposed to this film, which, like you said, is like here's the catalogue of ideas that I have, and they will all come into fruition. And you're like, okay, but now you, you are moving. He's into flipping sort of through Serial Killer Weekly and just oh, yeah. <laughs> and like I I like that kind of thing in my Marvel movies, for example, when I have these over the top villains like that. I can you know they're there. I'm there for a bit of a laugh and a laugh. Yeah. But if you're trying to play this guy as straight serious, I need him not to literally have mustache twirling moments. <laughs> like, That's right. Be a character, be a character, but not don't be a character. You know. <laughs> um, any other like fun trivia or anything though? Well, um, Hopkins didn't want to do it initially. Neither did Jodie Foster, by the looks of it. Neither did Jodie Foster or um, Jonathan Dem. He wasn't on board for coming back. Um, Which one, Jonathan Dem? Sorry, I'm trying to. The director of director. Sons of the Lambs. Oh, thank you. Yep. So they were in consultation with um, with, the, with the screenwriter, with the novelist. Um, uh, Tom Harris, I think he he wrote this. Tom oh. Harris wrote, wrote the screenplay, I think. Yeah. Um, 
but the the screenplay was changed 15 times. Oh, Every time it was sent for their approval because they really wanted everybody from the first one involved. Mm. They kept on you know, being disappointed with it. No, I don't like where it's going. They rewrote it 15 times and ultimately uh, Jodie Foster and Jonathan Demme said, no thanks, just not, yeah. not going to do it. Hopkins was hesitant as well. Um, care to guess who was being considered for the role of Lecter if Hopkins didn't, oh, didn't I come along? Read this. Have you read this one yet? I don't know. Oh, okay. So who would you get to? Oh, that's a bad idea. I'll say the names <laughs> and you'll go, yes, that's exactly who I, who I thought it would be. Can I have a hint? I'm assuming they're a white American or they're English. Okay, it's 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 white guys. Yep. Um, they could do an English accent very, very convincingly. Okay, so it takes out Clint Eastwood. They're, qu- <laughs> <laughs> they're quite menacing as well, and they're quite creepy in how they they have had creepy roles before. <laughs> but they've Willem Dafoe. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> Willem Dafoe would have been a good guess. Mm, I think he's a little too yes, he is. unique. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking of Kevin Costner to start with for some reason, but it wouldn't know. Not Kevin I'll Costner, but I do like uh, Mr. Brooks, where he plays a serial killer. Yeah. And I think it's a good movie. Oh, we are talking around the same age as Hopkins, like that? I'll, 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 yeah, cut, please, the, I'll cut the chase. <laughs> Tim Roth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And John Malkovich. All right. I think Malkovich, Malkovich is the Malkovich same. is Lecter, right? Yeah. But I isn't that, that kind of the same problem that we'd have with Willem Dafoe? That he's just like, he's too much. <laughs> Calm down. But John Malkovich at least has a normal face. Whereas Will, Willem Dafoe, you see his face and you go, okay, that guy is crazy. Yeah. What about Paul Giamatti or- um... <laughs> Paul Giamatti, I think could have been a good one. Oh no, I said the wrong one. What's the, Who what's, you what's the bug-eyed one? The, oh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same guy, it's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, Paul Giamatti is probably a little too soft to be believable as a yeah, serial killer. But so. as, a, as a little you know, dark horse, the mm. person you least suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So they got Lecter back. Um, I could, yeah, Foster obviously didn't return. But you know what? Her and Julianne Moore, very similar in aspects. <laughs> uh, the yeah, fact that 10 yeah. years had passed as well, it did a lot for my brain going like, it actually kind of works. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It's not too jarring. No, and they're yeah. not d- dissimilar from each other. Uh, Mason Verger, the role that Gary Oldman plays, who really could have been anybody. It didn't have to be Gary Oldman. I'm sure he got a good paycheck out of it. Mm. I don't think it did much for his career. I love Gary Oldman in so many movies. Asterisk this movie in Lost in Space. Like everything else is so fun. It's such a waste of a good actor. You made that comment earlier this week when we were watching the films and I thought... Gary Oldman? No, that's William Hurd. You're thinking of William Hurd. But no, then again, yeah. two great actors, oh. terrible in, in, in Lost in Space. Uh, so Mason Verge's character, care to take a guess who was originally on board to play him? Mason, I'm trying to find the character. The, um, so Mason Verge is a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Think of other um, paraplegic actors. Around the nineties, old mate Superman. What's yeah, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. That's exactly oh, really? right. Yeah, he was on board. Oh wow! Until he discovered that Mason Verger is a disfigured child rapist, and he said, "No, Maybe thank not. you. <laughs> I'm a pass on this one." I don't get why rightly so. Do you have that stance when it's a character? No one's saying go out and rape children. They're just saying you're playing a bad guy. Like but as. But, oh. I mean, this this did nothing for Gary Oldman's career. Yeah, yeah, but what's okay. Christopher Reeves done lately? Well, okay, lately probably he's dead, right? <laughs> is he dead? If I believe so. If your book is full of nothing but this one weird role, then 
that's it. People casting you in the future are just going to remember you for that. Yeah. So you're better off having done nothing. He is dead. He died that's three bad. years after this movie. Oh. Okay, I was like, what's he done lately? And I thought, oh shit, has he done anything lately? No. But, but I mean, if, 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 you were a, if you were an actor who wasn't working very much for one reason or another, yeah, you'd be better off having nothing yeah, on your book than, than this. Yeah. Than this. <laughs> Merger. Um, I think having a Ridley Scott movie on your book, though, I mean, just don't tell them what, what, what movie. But I, oh, is it a Ridley Scott piece? Oh, like Gladiator. Yeah, like Gladiator. Yeah, it's fine. Not so, similar. Yeah. Ridley Scott was involved in changing the ending as well. He didn't like it. Um, he described the opera scene uh, from the opera scene onwards, as far as the novel is concerned, as a vampire movie, and he wasn't mm. he wasn't on board with that. Mm. He went to novelist uh, Tom Harris and said, are you married to your ending? And he said, I'm not. And Scott said, thank God. <laughs> We're changing it. Well, good. Me neither. <laughs> I will say, between Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon and this film, I think they did a really good job in continuity between these little moments between them. I think it's in Silence of the Lambs, he mentions having eaten someone from an orchestra. That was because he talks about like, oh, no, Clarice mentions that he doesn't right. just kill and eat people flippantly. He does it to people he thinks deserves it mm. and then makes some sort of reference to somebody in an orchestra that wasn't you know, doing their part. Yeah, And I think we then open with that in Red Dragon. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And there's a couple of other moments between this movie and then where they actually like, no, no, we establish these things when we're not going to like highlight them like you do in like movie prequels today where it's yeah. like, and here's the hat. <laughs> but it's, it's supposed to, uh, in Silence of the Lambs, the head in the jar is supposed to be the head of the flautist. Ah, uh, okay. Is that the flute player? Yes. Oh, okay, so I'm so bad with all... Yes, yep. flautists <laughs> play flutes. They don't play the flaut? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to call them flutists. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Uh, so uh, Ridley Scott, when he was being pitched this film by uh, Dino De Laurentiis, uh. who yeah, <laughs> has passed on a lot of good films and maybe he shouldn't have yeah. bothered with this one. But hey, he made money, everybody made money. Um, he approached him on the set of Gladiator. Uh, and Scott, thinking that he was talking about General Hannibal, the, the Carthaginian general, he replied, basically, do you know, I'm doing my own, but my Roman epic right now. I'm not interested. And then he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm on board. Yep. <laughs> oh, fair. I'm just going to sorry, you said Dino's <laughs> name, and now I'm just taking a deep dive. And surprisingly, there was... Again, I, I haven't read the book uh, because why would you? There's a film of it. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <Did> you? <laughs> the film wasted time of my life, let alone the book. There, <laughs> the, surprisingly, the book is similar to Silence of the Lambs in that, again, it has the same sort of story. Um, Inspector Patsy in, in Florence is supposedly tracking a serial killer whom uh, Lecter is, is helping him catch by you know working with him giving him, him clues and such and of course he doesn't know Hannibal Lecter's identity because in the book he's had plastic surgery so he's not right. identifiable as Lecter it's a big reveal yeah that this is that this is Lecter uh, and that was completely cut it was considered too complicated for the film to have <laughs> to have <laughs> the same plot just in Florence with uh, what you do with with Clary Starling you know back in the thing and mm -hmm. I I agree, maybe it was too complicated to have all these things going on, but what a tell from the film that it thinks its audience is not clever enough to to follow different story threads. Yeah. Yep. Also, and Mission Impossible, it. Don't give him plasma surgery, he wears a robe mask. 
Yeah. And he pulls yeah. it off, and that way you get Hopkins at the end. I don't know. Could it's be. Yeah, a nice prosthetic or yeah, something. Just yeah, just something like that. Oh, that's a shame. I actually don't mind the sound of that, of this globetrotting detective story, as opposed to him just tracking the one person we've seen 90% of the film. It's completely unnecessary, though. It goes nowhere. Him being in Florence mm-hmm. goes nowhere. Mm. It just shows that he's a fancy boy. That's all we needed to know. We didn't know he was a fancy boy until now. <laughs> but he can do that in you know, Boston or... You can wherever. be a fancy boy literally anywhere, but they <laughs> had to do it in Florence. And that's fine. a I nice guess. fancy setting, Seb. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, expensive setting. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think you put it rightly, Jordan, that there were decisions made and, and that was it. Yeah. Once, once <laughs> they had been made, they committed to the film and what do you, what do, you do? Yeah. What, do you, what do you do once, you once your producer stop. says, no, we're doing this and you disagree with it and he's cutting your checks? Exactly. Oh, listen, I know you have good intentions, but, but. <laughs> let's have a chat like adults about it. It's, it's genuinely filmed in the Capoli Library, which is famously not, it has, has been forbidden from being filmed in, you know, at, at multiple requests. Yeah. So this was a real special ask from uh, Tom Harris, who confirmed that it would be, it would be okay to, to film in there and, and, and use it as a, as yeah, a setting. Right. Well, that's good because I mean, it does like the setting does help the movie in some ways because it does look very nice and there's a lot of like nice set pieces and stuff like that. But it was largely unnecessary for it to be there. Nothing that you couldn't reconstruct in a, yeah in you know on on set in a, in a, in a soundstage. I regret immediately us not watching Manhunter. Manhunter's Red Dragon. Former FBI profiler Will Graham returns to service to pursue a deranged serial killer by the name of the Tooth Fairy. Oh, oh there you go. Yep. So did they remake Manhunter? Red Dragon. I mean, it sounds like it's the so same plot. <laughs> Manhunter came out in 86 and Red Dragon came out in 2002 and it's the same plot. So is Silence of the Lambs a sequel to Manhunter? In theory, but with all the, all the Since actors... Since it happens before yeah. Silence of the Lambs? I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in the series of the books, yes, but different actors. Do you know who played the original Hannibal Lecter? This is an interesting one. Oh, uh, yes, uh, Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good actor. <clears throat> um, I'm just looking. Sorry, through. Is, I mean, before, maybe we talk about this. But in fact, I will. I'll pencil this for next <laughs> week when we actually do Red Dragon compare. But now I'm looking at this and I'm going like, fuck, we should have watched this instead. Like, this looks incredible. Well, we still can. Also, it's rated higher. No, it's an even rating. It's both 7.2s okay. on IMDb. So apparently they're fucking identical. There you go. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, sorry. As we were, I just got... <laughs> I, I thought it was a fifth story. Uh, oh, sorry, a f- yeah, fifth story, right. but it's just... Um, well, there yeah. you go. Tom Harris cannibalizes his own material. The only difference was that Red Dragon was four minutes longer, coming in at two hours and four minutes. <sighs> they're both they're both long. <laughs> oh, look, we'll get to it, but there's definitely a lot of scenes in Red Dragon that did not need to be there. So. Yeah, who played Tom Noonan? Played Dollarhide, which by the way sounds like a Bond villain. Yeah, Tom Noonan is um, the in Last Action Hero. He's the he's the raincoat. Yes, guy. he is. Thank oh. you. Uh, he also plays Kane in Robocop. Rob- Robocop Two. Yep. Yeah, good actor. This is so much fun. And William <laughs> William Peterson played- Who um, would have thought that, that doing trivia and doing research, Seb, can actually be fulfilling? William <laughs> Remarkable, Peterson played right? Will Graham. <laughs> and you'd best know him from playing Will Graham in Manhunter. <laughs> <laughs> he was in an episode of- uh, uh, Oh, he's a producer. Oh, boo, give me your acting roles. 
Oh no. He Oh Grissom from CSI, the original CSI? No. You lost me. Like you guys never watch I I don't watch these cop shows normally, but like this is like the first CSI that ever came out. Um he played like the head of that department. Oh. Um he's, he was no, like, I, can't, I can't even picture him. Not ringing a bell. Yeah, that's all. I, I, I'm looking at everything else he was in. No, he was in the TV version of 12 Angry Men as juror number 12, which is, yep, just to clarify, not 12 Angry Men, the classic. <laughs> it's just another one. Sorry, I'm very- The TV version is is well cast though. And I, and I have got a high rating it, actually as well, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to watch it, but it's notoriously difficult to, to find. Hmm. He's not done much. Anyway, sorry. Hannibal. <laughs> no, it's it's more interesting than Hannibal is, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Noonan has a really uh, unique face. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go is through it? and see like who they recast like everyone else as because they've got obviously Hannibal Rising, which we didn't do because we were talking about obviously like you know, if they had to replace uh, Hopkins. Gaspard Uliel? U-L-L-I-E-L. Uliel, I'm going to say. Oops. Who's he? He played... <laughs> the new Hannibal in Hannibal Rising, which is the prequel. I don't recognise his name. Not at all. He's in a bunch of films I've not heard of, and I know people are yelling at me because, how could you not talk about the lead actor of The Last Day? I don't know. I, I, just, <laughs> I just picked a movie. It actually looks like he's been in a bunch of foreign films. So, yep. Um, he's, he's, Fran- he's a foreign- French actor. Oh, he's a foreign person as well. Yeah, by the looks of it. Can't trust them. No, I don't know what he's up to. Um, I guess they thought that nobody could be fancy like Hopkins, so we have to cast an actual French person, I guess. Sure, whatever. Well, other than doing a play-by-play of the plot, which, eh, you you know exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Hannibal Lecter is going to play his little games and set his little traps, and people are going to fall into them, and, and they're going to go. Can we talk about how much gorier this mm. film is than Silence of the Lambs and not to a, to a good effect? Like it actually takes away from from, yeah. Yeah, from the mystique, from the from the atmosphere because it just turns it into this sore torture porn film. Mm. Well, I was going to say the same thing like when we got to, to verdicts. I'm like, I didn't not enjoy the film and like it has the bones of like a good movie there, but it just falls short because it does start to rely too heavily on like shock and gore rather yeah. than like the psychological horror type of stuff from the original? I agree in parts, but I will defend the brain scene. That I, was pretty, why? yeah. That was uncomfortable as fuck. And it didn't I feel like me. that's kind of like the, the end game for someone like Hannibal Lecter. Like if yeah. you're doing movies about a cannibal, like you've got to show him eating someone at some point. But eating them alive. Yeah. That was... Like uncomfortable is the word I have to use for it. Uh, mm. It wasn't like it was super gross. Like the, the effects didn't repulse me. Yeah. It was actually the part where he got Ray Liotta to eat his own brain. Smells mm. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, oh, I need to get out of the room. Yeah. Like this is not good for me yeah. watching it. Um, like the, the last act is like probably the best part of the film because you get a lot more of that sort of stuff, which like it's sometimes you'll think about it and it's like, uh, they didn't really need to do that. But then other times you're like, no, they did that and it was yeah. dope. <laughs> Everything else, stupid. The pig thing, stupid. Yeah. The, the, the killing whole... of the pickpocket. What the fuck was that? 
I was commenting oh. to you guys. Does he have super? <laughs> I like to think he just like reached his hand into the guy's abdomen and pulled out an organ because it was super quick. <laughs> no, he must have had like a, like a, a, a knife. knife. Yeah, like, like a knife or something. But also why? But Extractor. The, but the weird thing about that scene is that, okay, so Hannibal Lecter, you can forgive. It's stupid, but you can forgive him for just being so incredibly perceptive he knows that somebody is tracking him and is, mm, and is following him. He's daredevil. Him. He's a fucking superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. And so he's he's confronted with uh, with the pickpocket. He knows that's that's the guy who's after him, and he gives him a quick stab in the bladder. The weird thing is, though, is that the guy just sort of takes it. He falls yep. down. Patsy comes running to him. I don't know, you know. Okay, why would Patsy come running out and risk, you know, blowing his cover with Hannibal mm. Lecter so close, knowing that he's so perceptive? Whatever doesn't matter. But this guy, he no. just kind of, no, 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 I'll just die now. It's okay. <laughs> it's almost like just having no. eye contact with Hannibal Lecter convinced him that he was okay with dying. <laughs> yep. No one opted to, to call the police or an ambulance. No, like, nothing. Pe- people just bleed out on the streets of Florence every day, apparently. <laughs> and it's fine. No, I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling you guys this for years, but no, it was a weird scene. I don't know what they were going for. And, and I actually was, hate the fact that Hannibal could do that. And what was the It's point a social it? commentary. <laughs> But what on, was the, what was on the, the poor healthcare it? system in Italy? <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but what, what was the point of it? We already know Hannibal is clever. We don't need to establish that. We know that Patsy is just trying to get his fingerprints and trying to be clever in you know getting the reward money because he's you know hard up for for money and he's got a wife with champagne tastes. Okay, he doesn't actually. No, does it? Does he succeed? He gets a fingerprint on he the on it, the bracelet, yeah. but then that storyline goes nowhere. Yeah. Everything that happens in 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 this scene and multiple others for for that reason <laughs> just go nowhere. They're there for the for the shock value initially, but then there's no story around it. It's just there for a moment, and then away it goes. Better thing would be to have Hannibal purposely get his fingerprint on that to then maybe set up a little bit of a trap down the line because of that. As opposed to just... Make it go somewhere, yeah. Don't just introduce yeah. it and then forget about it. Mm. And it's, it's a weird scene in, to, in terms of actually killing the pickpocket. Like, why was this the choice? And how did this happen? It raises so many more questions. Yeah, And we, we will see Hannibal do the same thing to Will Graham at the beginning of Red Dragon <laughs> and he'll be fine. Or, or you know, have, him, have, have them try and save him, but... You know, Hannibal was so surgical in, in what he got, he bled out before the paramedics could get there. But no, mm. the pickpocket just says, no, no, leave me alone. Yeah, oh, in fact, it's, it's too late. It's more artistic <laughs> to let him die right there for no reason. Oh, what a it's, fucking it's, mess. It's a wonder they didn't have any doves flying, you know, in, oh. in, 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 in like a reverse establishing shot yeah. at the end of it. Well, what would have been good is maybe even introducing the pickpocket to us a little bit earlier if you're going to make a big deal about his death. Do something with it. That's right. But he, no, he just shows up. When when Patsy needs him and he dies, when the next scene when that's it, yeah, well, pretty, I think it's the next scene. There might maybe there was something in between it, but effectively we meet him and the next time we see him, he's yeah. dying. Yeah, it's so pointless. Yeah, you're describing the movie, Andrew, <laughs> and, and that's and that's my biggest criticism of it that so much of it is just for show with no substance whatsoever, mm. and it boils down to Anthony Hopkins being weird. Yeah, that's all the movie focuses on. That's all it shows us. Which in and of itself is enjoyable, but there's just no purpose to it. Yeah. Well, okay. What about Gary Oldman's character? I, I hate, hate it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's introduced as a nice little thing. Okay, we've got a previous victim of Hannibal Lecter. Which is a great idea. Yeah, I what, like the angle okay. that they come from. 
May, okay, and and again, he's been he's been tormented by what's happened. He's been shaped by what's happened. Uh, so now he's he he's got a taste for this gr- grotesquery as well, and he mm. plans to execute uh, Hannibal Lecter in this gruesome way and just you know stretch out his 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 torment. Okay, and then he just gets flipped over into his own into his own you know yeah. trained trained pigs and and devoured. It's weird they've actually and that's kind it. Of it, it goes nowhere too. They flipped the roles with the what's his name again? Mason. Mason, yeah, Mason Verger. Verger. Mason effectively kind of takes on the role of Hannibal in the other two films in this film because he is the sideline villain who's sort of tracking the events and is there yeah, giving his cryptic like bullshittery clues to people. And the the featured villain is Hannibal instead, yeah. as opposed to in Red Dragon where it's Hannibal's in jail guiding Will Graham or Hannibal's in jail guiding Clary Stark. Like, yeah, and. It doesn't work. No. The the one thing that the one thing that comes out of it is that it's it's flipped around, and instead of you know a, a Hannibal Lecter who sort of manipulated the situation to get Clarice Starling into Buffalo Bill's place, not as a gift for him, he just manipulated it to I don't know he could justify it as building her character or yep. you know doing a trial by fire thing or whatever. It's now her who comes to his rescue instead of letting him being devoured by these pigs she does rescue him to you know evoke her own justice on on him or whatever yep it, yeah and then straight away in the next scene she's you know she's out she's drugged and you know being subjected to to this visual torture of watching Ray Liotta eat his own brain oh that <laughs> scene was gross it's an uncomfortable scene but it's Pointless. It is pointless. I just wish the whole movie had been more like this scene mm. and less like the other so two you, hours. So you're saying they should have doubled down on the grotesquery? It's not even the grotesquery. It's just showing Hannibal being like extra levels of fucked. Yeah. Like that extra bit evil and doing these mind games a bit more with characters that I care about. I, Red Dragon, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to compare the two, but you can't help it. Yeah. It does it subtly in the beginning. Where he's uncomfortable with the flautist, then in the next scene he's having dinner with the yeah. opera party, and somebody says, mm, "What's this?" And he says, "I uh, told you you wouldn't need it." That's it. <laughs> you know it's the flautist, yeah. but the movie doesn't beat you over the head and say true, this yeah. is this is what it is. Whereas in this one, it literally shows you uh, 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 this is this is pretty weird, right? This yeah. is pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that scene just sticks in my brain. Yeah, like weirdly. I agree. I agree with you. And I also agree with Seb because <laughs> I liked it, but I don't know. I feel like that's just uh, when you do a kind of like a character like Lecter, I feel like at a certain point you do just have to show it, I guess. Whereas with Red Dragon, it's more of like a tell. Well, but, so, by so the same time, like not everyone's going to enjoy it, but like I thought that scene was like really cool. Silence of the Lambs showed his his capability of yeah, being, that's true. you know, uh, elaborately torturous as well mm. didn't see him cutting up the guy but it just shows you know the guy yeah. strung up with his with his you know skin f- flayed open like angel's wings mm. hung up in his in his cage okay that's Still don't very know how he pulled that off alone <laughs> and the mystery is is what makes it satisfying yeah that's true you, well, know, you don't know how on earth he pulled it off and you don't see him actually doing it but it's just there and oh my god how did how did it may have just been a decision like of the times as well because i guess by that point there was a lot more like gore in horror movies and maybe no it was come out already that was still okay yeah i can't google it because my my a letter doesn't work so it was like (laughs) 2000 sw so it would have come out in like 2004 i think was it that late Yeah, yeah maybe 2003 but it wasn't like super super early 
I was convinced that Saw was like around the time of Matrix, which sort of is, but... Yeah, no, definitely if you... I'm pretty sure it's 2004. 2004, you are spot yeah, on. I can... Wow, I thought it was like a 2000 film. Gross. Yeah. I don't think... Oh, and we're missing out on that new one right now because of COVID. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's this? Wait, Saw they're doing 19? another one? Chris yeah. Rock's in it. Oh, that's what? right. Yeah. It's Spiral. He fuck, he's like producing it and stuff. He's yeah. Like, it's so strange. I'll watch it, but that's strange. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's yeah. I will probably I'm not sure watch what the it. timeline is. I just watched like all the um kill counts for like the whole Saw series, so I feel yeah. like I'm all caught up on the fucking convoluted story now. <laughs> well, that's like, I'll just wait for that stuff. Yeah, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Yeah, it's oh, like it's a weird like offshoot thing. It says 2021 though. Maybe it's been pushed ah, it's back. probably been pushed back. Yeah. Um, but just Chris Rock in a serious thriller film. It's yeah. Just a, I mean, good for him. <laughs> You do you, bud. Yeah. There's um there's the build up to Patsy's death as well, mm. where he I guess comes to doesn't really even come to confront Hannibal Lecter, he's just sort of Not there so much. to try and catch him out in, in mm. something. And Hannibal is uh giving a lecture and he's just really, you know, hanging. This guy was hanged. This yeah. is a picture of Judas being hanged, just like, you know, just like your your ancestor Patsy, he was yeah. he was hanged. Here in this building, Remember? he was he was hanged, <laughs> just like Judas is being hanged. Okay, I wonder how he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's and so heavily laid on. It's kind of like five shadowing. Like <laughs> Silence of the Lambs made me feel clever, not because I was you know working anything out, just because it it left so many things open ended, or it it relied on you going ah, so Hannibal must have done this in order to make it make sense. Whereas this one just tells you everything that's going on and I feel dumber by watching it. Right. It strips me of any of any kind of yeah. uh, uh, you know, detective work myself and I get no satisfaction. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Robs me of it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, is there much more to go on then? I'm just trying to think what no, else is really worth speaking this movie. It's just a lot of walking and a lot of Gary Oldman yeah. muttering to himself yes. in a wheelchair <laughs> behind a mask. It's not even a mask. It would have been... Better if it was a mask. And then he takes it off and reveals that his face is just disfigured, but not that bad. That'd have been it's nice. Just, it's just everything everything leading up to, you know, to getting Clarice in a position where she's she's saving Hannibal Lecter is so contrived. Yep. You know, the whole drug bust at the start and then the whole planting of, well, not even planting of evidence, just this suggestion like she was withholding evidence, mm. which is all fabricated as well. And the DA's in on it. He's yeah. dirty. Uh, it, it's just all so contrived. There's nothing believable about it. Yeah, bad bad story writing. Yeah, I would even say bad acting for a lot of points too. Yeah, um, I think I think everybody's instinct to distance themselves from this was correct. Really also, <laughs> yeah. but hey, twenty million dollars for eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> sure. The poster <laughs> is also just bad. Have you guys seen the poster? Yeah. No. How does it, how does it look? Is it it's just Hannibal? Just, it's just his head on a that side angle. Weird lip, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. It's stupid looking. At least, like you got Silence of the Lambs with this fucking iconic uh, movie poster with the and woman's face and yeah, the moth. And that's everything. right. And the mistake that this film made was in f- in thinking that what made Silence of the Lambs good was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he was just a part of what yeah. made it good. Part of a very big puzzle. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, I guess we'll wrap things up. Do you guys want to jump to the verdict then? May as well. Let me just pretend I don't know where the verdict button is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you heard the good, you've heard the bad, a lot of opinions, a couple facts. It's verdict time. It's weird. 
I hate this movie. This movie can fuck off. But this movie makes me want to go back and rewatch the three seasons of the actual Hannibal show because that was good. Oh. Um, Mads Mikkelsen plays Lecter, who's an actor that obviously wasn't around in, in, in a notable way during this period of time. Um, but he's fucking great. And he makes Hopkins look like an absolute amateur in this film. <laughs> yeah, in watching these movies, it's reminded me that I need to watch that show. Yeah. So and there's only three seasons, yeah. so it's entirely achievable in, in the short term. So I'm going to be start diving back into that. I was debating doing that all life on Mars again, but I think I might try to go into Hannibal. It's, it's really he- <laughs> it is really heavy, that's the thing. So if you're not in the mood for it, you just won't watch it some days, even if you've got the time. Uh, but this movie can fuck off, is the short version <laughs> of that. It's so boring. Cardinal sin, boring. Fuck off. It is. It it is boring. It is boring. It tries to it tries to draw in a new audience for the Hannibal Lecter series by by getting everybody on board with the, with the grotesquery of it instead of the atmosphere that made Silence of the Lambs great. You know yeah. the, the the creepy nature, the that not knowing when Hannibal is playing a game and when he's being honest with you. There's none of that in this because he is always you know, blatant about what he's doing. Mm. There's no, what's the word? There's no... Um, subtlety. There's no subtlety to it. No mystique. It, no, it hits you over the head every single time it wants to tell you something, which is a strategy mm. that can be very effective for action films, sure, but not in a, in a psychological thriller involving Hannibal Lecter. It's just disappointing. That's fair. Like, I don't hate it, and I think, like, in a bubble, it's a perfectly fine, like, thriller horror movie but when you're coming straight after something as fantastic and iconic as silence of the lambs that's where it kind of hits you harder that this isn't a very good movie <laughs> but but by the same token i mean i'm like i like horror films so like i've got a pretty low bar for this kind of stuff right. so like I, I quite like it i think it's fine but when you're comparing it directly to silence it's yeah like if you're looking at it from that perspective it's obviously going to be garbage yeah but I think in in its own little bubble, I think it's a fine movie. But when you're comparing it directly to, to Silence of the Lambs, it's yeah, I've not honestly great. even think comparing it to Red Dragon, which we'll talk about next week. And yes, we all know, yeah, it's not as good as Silence of the Lambs. I think this movie even fails compared to that, though. Like this oh, is Red like Dragon next is level terrible for me. Hannibal isn't unwatchable, mm. but it's just unsatisfying. Yeah, that's probably the best yeah. way to put it. And I, I'm thankful that they came out in this order because if I had seen Red Dragon <laughs> and then gone into Hannibal, I would have thought, hey, it's still, uh, it's still obviously we haven't improved on Silence of the Lambs. We were never going to, but there's some legs to this franchise. Then I would have been very disappointed. Right. But going in, thinking, realizing this was the one that I was watching, I'm like, oh no, this is the bad one. And knowing it does get better is kind of nice. Like, yeah. that's a, it's nice. No. I love... I, no, I, you I really don't get that excuse, Hannibal. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm just saying it didn't kill the franchise. No, you're a banned film and that's it. Yep. All right, well, <laughs> so yeah, next week we return with um, Red Dragon. So that's exciting. I don't know what we're doing after these Hannibal films. Have we discussed it? I can't I remember. Recall. Well, maybe you can find out by checking us out on Instagram <laughs> at Second Take Podcast. Or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash second take. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Wait, you just did that, didn't you? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> follow you, can follow, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jordan MSPP. Um, you can follow me at Bastion underscore James. Our website is secondtakepodcast.com. We have an email, which is secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash second take. Um, good news. Okay. The films that are on the list after the Hannibal series is done, 
is, I just had it in front of my face, A History of Violence and Munich. <laughs> good films. I've not Terrific. seen either of those. Happy summer, everybody. Isn't that <laughs> nice? They're good films. <laughs> and none of them are the Godfather trilogy. <laughs> so I think we can all agree, things are looking up. Um, perfect. I'm going to hit the button that makes us go away. Bye. If I can find out which one it is. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 